What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. We can't expect that everyone is as passionate about racing as we are. can't expect that everyone is able to hear the silent call of the sea at 5am. Not everyone possesses the ability to smell the difference between rich and lean. Nor the ear to differentiate the bark of two cylinders from four. It would not be fair of us to assume that the world understands the yearning and overwhelming compulsion that we have to push through pain, angst, frustration and failure. Some people might not understand the desire to test physical limits conquer fear, or to tangle with the forces of gravity and physics. But we don't make product for them. We look to the future but embrace our past. We study. We analyze. We race on Sunday so we can innovate on Monday. We exercise trial and error religiously. Through our commitment to the pursuit of perfection, we learn. How to make product for the people that are capable of dedicating everything to sport. Whether there is a championship involved or not. Alpine stars, one goal, one vision.
25 Molo here from Grunball. Keekly turns that far sideways. Brian the game is down. This is a sharp left-hander. Who's going to shot? Looks like Darcy Lange on that Richmond Gallon. Kawasaki gets the jump. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Fly Racing USA, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. W Wheels USA, Moto Ice Wrap, Viral Goggle Bread, and Maxima USA make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Fly Racing Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by Justified Cultures, Traction MXC Covers, and Moto Ice Wrap. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, with us on the line, and he is a repeat offender, goes by the name of Matt Weller. Matt, how's it going? Great. How are you, Brad? Hey, not doing too bad whatsoever. It's a beautiful day. Actually, it was cool. It was dreary and rainy all day here in Winnipeg, but uh, it's a great day to talk dirt bikes uh, because this weekend is the uh, first round of the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross AMA Nationals, and uh, I couldn't be more excited. A brand new series. Everything's back to zero. I know you're excited. I am excited. I cannot wait to get this going. Absolutely, and it's great to hear you once again. You, uh, we had you on uh, probably inside a month ago uh, to talk about uh, some of the bikes that you've built, and then you are a uh, an absolute meticulous builder at that with uh, with some of the bikes that you've built. Um, you, I, you've, you've probably gotten out riding a little bit more than I do usually. Uh, what's uh, like? Have you have you been able to put your knobbies in the dirt lately? The last time I rode was the day after we spoke uh, for the last pod, so it's been about a month. Okay, fair enough. Well, that's not nearly enough. I was able to ride no. this past weekend, um, and uh, but uh, when you when you pull your bikes out, which which is which one's your your absolute favorite uh, uh, bike to uh, twist the throttle on? Well, of course, my my 450 SXF is probably one of my favorites, but uh, the the RM 250 that uh, the Suzuki of Troy replica bike that I just did is pretty fun. I kind of like getting back on a, a big board two-stroke and having some fun with it. Fair enough. Well, uh, uh, I absolutely love uh, getting back out there riding. I think it's important that me, as a uh, as a journalist, uh, experience the sport um, as an athlete. I think that if you stay in it, you have that uh, um, a really raw experience of it, and uh, and that's what's needed to uh, to relate to not only the fans but uh, uh, to to those who are competing within the sport. I think that's very important for as long as I'm able to do so. Um, so before we 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 uh, totally jump into this 450 preview, 250 uh, preview for the motocross uh, series this year. Um, there is a huge legend within the sport that stepped down and uh, announced his retirement today. Tell me a little bit about uh, um, your thoughts on Ryan Denji deciding to hang him up prior to the season's, uh, uh, the, outdoor, the outdoor series. Well, I can't say that I'm surprised. Um, I mean, we all seen him, quote-unquote, struggle throughout the Supercross series, and he touched on that in his press conference today, just how he was kind of mentally checked out, and everybody saw it. So that doesn't surprise me, and, I mean, on a a sidebar, good for him. 
I mean, it's not like he needs the money. No. He's not living paycheck to paycheck. Take your money, go live in the hills of Minnesota, and enjoy life. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And uh, it takes a big man to be able to say that uh, I, I don't have it. I don't. Uh, this is the the motivation or the uh, the mental uh, toughness needed to to do this series isn't quite there. And uh, um, yeah, listening listening to his words, I think they're like he with a clean conscience, uh, conscience and clear eyes. Uh, Ryan Dungey walks away from uh, motocross, motocross and Supercross, being um, maybe not the most dominant race of his era but one of the most consistent one of the fastest and one of the most determined uh and possibly making the most out of uh out of his his skill set because uh i think a lot of it came through hard work oh i definitely think so um i mean it's some will argue that he came by easy a few years with Poto being injured but i mean you got to be there on race day point blank so yeah um He's an excellent champion. He's an excellent spokesperson for the sport. And I mean, being the first guy on the Wheaties box from our sport is big. Um, I, I, I think he's done a lot of good for the sport. Um, you know, he's maybe our, our, the Jeremy McGrath of our era, so to speak, for just the things that he's done and the growth and the popularity that the sport is continuing to get. Absolutely. Uh, maybe not put it on uh, absolutely on the map, but uh, given us a different champion, a guy who uh, was was uh, maybe not the most candid within the media, but always gave uh, a very professional interview. A guy who uh, um, was was not was very clean cut. A guy who you, your your uh, your mother your your grandmother would have no problem with you looking up to this guy. And I think that uh, just the fact that he was able to capture a couple of ESPYs along the way and uh, and just be that role model that uh, the sport really has been looking for in the last little while uh, and, and shoulder that burden uh, as well uh, along the way uh, winning a lot of races and uh, just being so consistent is uh, is a testament to him. I, I have been one to say that uh, with the absence of Ryan Villapoto, he's definitely flourished and uh, yeah, you, uh, in, in a lot of ways you can't uh, you can't beg on a guy for not beating someone who's not on the line um, but uh, like Regardless of who was uh, who he was racing against, Ryan Dungey found consistency, found uh, speed, and uh, he's a true champion. He's got, uh, I believe, eight championships altogether as a professional, uh, and um, yeah, it's tough to argue um, anything other than a Hall of Fame performance from that guy. No, that's that's exactly right. Um, I've got to say, on a personal level, the dude I, is excellent. I mean, I met him at Vegas Supercross last year. Um, I stood in an autograph signing at a Fox store for three and a half hours to get to uh, meet him. And um, there were several other riders there. And it wasn't just him that I was there for, I guess. But um, my idol, I guess, has always kind of been Chad Reed. And he was the first person in line, I believe. And he couldn't take the time of day to, like, look up and... um, you know, acknowledge the person that he was signing the autograph for, which really kind of bummed me out. And, you know, I go on down the line, and Carmichael was there. Carmichael spoke, asked how the day was going. Uh, Same thing with Ken Roxon. And I get to Ryan Dungey. He's the last person in line. And I'm actually wearing a uh, Loretta Lynn shirt from the prior year 
with him on the front of it and he sees himself on my shirt and starts talking to me about it and carried on quite a little conversation. It was, I mean, it was great. And I gave a lot of respect to him for that at that point, because he could have just shuffled me right down the line with everybody else, but he took the time to, 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 to chat and it was great. Yeah, absolutely. And in the times that I was able to get him uh, to do an interview with me throughout the season, uh, before things started to be a little bit more difficult to get him uh, to do uh, post-race interviews and stuff like that, uh, excited to talk um, and, and a smile on his face and a guy who uh, would just to tell, tell you honestly, uh, very, very plainly how it was. And uh, um, in a, in a, a one thing that he mentioned in the very first time that I interviewed him, uh, he say, seemed like he was overly looking forward to uh, to some ice fishing and uh, almost like a guy who kind of missed home a little bit. Um, if anyone wants to go back to listen to the interviews that I did at uh, Anaheim 1, uh, maybe I'll put a link to that in, in this in this podcast, but uh, you can hear a guy who uh, is honestly totally at peace. Uh, he even almost, I feel like at that point he was ready to uh, kind of had a bit of a swan song, even if no one really knew it at the time yeah um you just wonder if the season would have went differently i mean it can't go much better i mean he won the championship but as far as if he would have just had a dominant performance all year long you know would that have changed his decision yeah no i i think like uh if he would have rattled off more wins i think that would have only just more put more of an exclamation point on maybe uh uh maybe if he if he'd won more races during the supercross season he ends up racing outdoors but i think even uh w- with more success in supercross i think that would have even given him more reason to be like you know what we're going to go out on top just like my uh the guy who pulled me into the sport uh did and uh that's that's Ricky Carmichael who basically uh first saw uh Ryan Dungey do what he did at the at a, at a Suzuki test track, and um, yeah, I think that, that he's been, definitely been uh, working hard to try and model his exits for the sport, much the same as Ricky's, because you can't really argue that anyone got to do it better than the way Ricky did. Uh, uh, win his last two championships, both indoors and out, and then uh, at a, as a part-time racer, uh, win win the majority of the races that he entered in, his, in the 2007 season and walk away uh, very victorious and uh, basically, like, total mic drop. Yep, for sure, for sure. He did it the right way. Didn't go out with an injury. He went out on top. No, absolutely. Like, there's there's a lot of champions that uh, either stuck around a little bit too long or uh, just, fr- frankly, um, got uh, got caught by the the, the next up and comers. And that, that there's no there's no shame in that whatsoever. But uh, uh, there is something to be said for someone who, uh, honestly, if, if if Ricky Carmichael continues to throughout 2008, like I think don't think there's any questioning whether or not James Stewart uh, maybe doesn't win the, the the Supercross title that year or doesn't have a perfect season in outdoors. And I think there's 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 a lot lot of grounds for that but uh, we could go on forever about uh, the different legends of the sport and talking about how they exited the sport and how how they didn't exit the sport but uh, uh, we got we got a preview podcast to do and we got to talk about this upcoming pro uh, pro motocross lucas aoa lucas oil ama national championship uh and uh let's talk about the 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 big 450s right off the hop um the uh the 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 championship looks like it's coming down to uh, a couple of different riders. I'd love to get your thoughts on who your contenders are rolling into uh, Hangtown in only four days' time. Well, contenders for the 450. 
right off the bat, the first one that comes to mind is Eli Tomac. Um, clearly was the dominant force in Supercross this year. Um, we've seen him in 2015 go out and just kill it for the first four rounds before he breaks both of his shoulders. Um, I put him number one. He's he's our champion at this point in my eyes. Um, I have, I mean, and this is tough. I looked back through last year's top 10 450 riders, and we only have five returning. And that's that's difficult. But I've got Tomac first. I've got Jason Anderson second. Blake Baggett third. Marvin Muskan third, fourth. And Brock Tickle fifth. Fair enough. Now, uh, I like honestly, uh, like it's tough to argue with your picks. I noticed that you kind of bit waffled on uh, where Marvin ends up. Um, if he does end up fourth, why does he end up fourth? If he's third, why is he third? Um, injury. If uh, if everybody stays healthy, I I think Baggett, in my opinion, is a better outdoor rider than Muskan okay. um, on the big bikes. I. I from what I've seen, Muskan on a big buck, I think he struggles a little bit. Um, Baggett is clearly a great outdoor rider, and uh, that's just I, I see him kind of being a um, a little bit better this year than he was last year. Um, Jason Anderson, I look back at last year's results, he finished 14th, and I don't think that justifies um, his riding ability. And I don't remember if he raced all uh, 12 rounds last year or not. I forgot to look at that today. But um, Brock Tickle, I look back through his results. He finished 12th last year. Um, he podiums three rounds, and he only raced, I think, nine rounds. He got injured at uh, Spring Creek with that, that uh, run-in with... Um, Oh man, Weston Pike. Yes. So, yeah, Millville. That's where those two guys got together. Very scary crash. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Um, besides my top five, I've got uh, several sleeper picks or dark horses. Okay. Um, first one, I've got Benny Boss. He finished sixth last year in the championship. I don't know at this time if he's racing 250 or 450. Um, I thought when he was signed with Rocky Mountain, he was going to be a 450 rider for the outdoors, but I saw a picture today of him practicing on a 250, so it kind of threw me for a loop. Um, I got Weston Pike in there. Um, you know, if he's healthy, he finished eighth last year in the series. Again, he was injured at Spring Creek, so he only raced, I think, nine rounds. Where would he be if he would have, you know, raced all 12 rounds? Um, and then last but not least is Dean Wilson. If he's finally healthy, and he's on a great bike, so this could be his time to shine. Uh, as far as Benny Bloss goes, we have to get to the bottom of that before this uh, podcast is out, but I think you're totally right. Total dark horse um, could mix things up with some guys that uh, may, are, are more more noteworthy um, than the the. the Basically, I'd say for the 450 Rookie of the Year last year, I believe that's what what he the, the for the outdoors he got um, yeah. sixth sixth place in the championship definitely uh, condones that. But uh, uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, the, the the post that he has most recently posted is 
is with four, uh, 250 plates on the bike. It definitely is a 250 motorcycle. I'm not too sure if that's an older photo, though. Um, we'll have to, I'll, I'll, have, I'll, I'll text Benny and, and see what the answer to that is. But uh, um, very interesting to see um, where all these guys shake out. And uh, the, the one name that I didn't really hear uh, you talked about too much of was uh, was Justin Barsha. And uh, he's been trending up slightly over towards the, the tail end of the Supercross season. What do you make of the, of the Suzuki rider who has been left a lot to be desired in 2017? I don't know. I, I just couldn't put him in my top five. Um, he's one of those guys who's going to win or crash, in my opinion. Um, he finished fourth last year, so for me, to not put him in my top five is kind of silly. I just I, I don't see it. I don't know that it's the bike. I don't know if it's him. I just I can't I, I can't do it. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I like Justin Barsha. He's just not my pick for the title, and I don't think he's going to make the top five this year. Does his uh, um, fitness that he's like he's shown that he doesn't seem to have the fitness that uh, he's he's had in the past? Although, uh, like they claim that he's been riding a ton with the guys at MTF, and uh, like you can make improvements, but that base that uh, these guys talk about having so much of uh, seems to have been lost with him a little bit. And heading into the outdoors, where that seems to be most important, um, do you think that that's going to be the thing that kind of holds him back the most throughout the uh, the the summer months? No, I don't think so. I I don't know how well he's gelling with the bike. Okay. I don't know how much how well the Suzuki fits him. Um, again, just my opinion. I you know I've never been to a track and seen him ride it. I don't know. Just I've never seen him quote unquote struggle like he struggled this year. Okay. Well, it, it's definitely uh, like uh, something to discuss. It's like for 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 me, Justin Barsha, uh, his results are are very mental. I know that he he does have he, he still suffers a little bit from that wrist injury. Not, not nothing too crazy, but it definitely holds him back on the motorcycle. But uh, um, if if all of a sudden if he has that great breakout moto that can turn itself into uh, some, some top five rides, whether or not that is a consistent thing is something that uh, is, is what we'll find out throughout the coming races. Is there any races or any tracks that you find that uh, really favor um, one particular rider or uh, you're just waiting till a certain, uh, certain track where uh, this guy will shine? Is there anything that kind of uh, sticks out for you like that? Um, yeah, I would say looking into, uh, Colorado, that's going to be probably Eli Tomek's best track, or I should say it's, you know, one of his stronger tracks. Um, we all saw what he did last year at Southwick. So you can't necessarily say he's a, a strictly an East coast or a West coast rider because he can do it on either coast. Um, Looking into the future, I see Webb struggling at first with West Coast dirt. When he heads east, I see Webb picking it up. Um, you know, probably some podiums. I don't know about overalls per se, but I could see Cooper Webb getting some top fives. You know, even podiums on the East Coast dirt. 
Well, yeah, um, that's the kind of the, the guy that we're not really talking about a ton uh, when it comes to a championship, uh, but is the guy that came in last year with a wrist injury but still ended up with the, the, the championship by the end of the year, Cooper Webb. And uh, if we if we Supercross taught us anything, is that uh, Cooper knows how to set up a bike for a soft, ruddy track, and there's plenty of those out there uh, in the in the Nationals. Um Maybe like uh, some some maybe not so safe money would be on that guy stealing a few moto wins from uh, from a guy like uh, Eli Tomac, who uh, for all intents and purposes is your odds-on favorite for the year. Um, yeah. it would have to. Be, I think it would have to be a bad start out of Tomac, and or just a tough weekend for Tomac. Really, um, okay. for for Webb to take any moto wins. That's just strictly my my view on that. Um, Tomac in the outdoors just is an animal, and we all saw what he did in 2015, winning motos by a minute, minute and a half. Um, I think we're going to see that again this year. You really, eh? you think you're 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 predicting a uh, a boring summer for as far as the 450 class is concerned? Uh, obviously, not having uh, Ryan Dungey there is a huge blow to the series, and uh, obviously as well, uh, the 94, your defending champion uh, from last year, not being there either is is a huge blow. Um, and and like basically the only guys that were able to really uh, match the speed of Tomac last year were were those two. So uh, up until Ryan uh, exited the series, so I think you're right. I think there's a good possibility that we have uh, that that uh, Tomac can roll here. Um, but if, if there's anybody that uh, you find is um, like kind of confidence driven or someone who can get on some momentum, who would that be? Who would be someone who is really triggered by having a good race? Oh. I... I guess if it would be anybody, um, you know, Justin Barsha. I know we kind of glazed over that a little bit, but yeah. uh, we he did that in 2015. He 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 won a race and then just kind of took off. Um, I mean, if if he can get into a groove, I think he could do it. Um, I know that kind of goes against my top five, but um, I think he's one of those guys that can. Uh, and can turn it around with some good results. Um, you know, and really any of them can do it. You know, once they get that first win, then they start to come a little easier. I mean, there's so many guys in the top, you know, the top 15 that could be top five contenders that we didn't even mention. Um, I mean, Cole Dean Steely. Wilson. You know, Cole Dean Steely. Wilson. I mean, um, Trey Kennard, you know, there's a big question mark next to him. You know, is he going to be ready? What's What's his story? Um, we've got, uh, Christian Craig coming in, you know, what's Christian Craig going to do? Uh, Martin Davalos is going on to a 450. What's he going to do? Um, I guess we'll have a better, a better understanding of how the season is going to look maybe after this Saturday. Yeah, no, absolutely. You always want to watch one uh, one race to see where these guys are going to fall in, but uh, it's it's always fun to kind of to predict and 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 uh, and analyze where you, you kind of uh, um, suggest that they might end up. Um, I think that uh, it's it seems to me that uh, the guys who have the, the the most resources at their beck and call are those who kind of rise to the top, at, especially in the nationals. It's uh, Supercross. You, you need to have a, a bike dialed in. 
but uh, like power doesn't really come down to it. Uh, like uh, I think the, the Suzuki's will be uh, down on power as they have been for the last couple of years. Weston Pike um, has been out since January, and uh, uh, an underpowered motorcycle, and him being a slightly heavier guy uh, on on that motorcycle, I don't think that favors him uh, c- coming into this this, this year. Uh, on on the flip side of that, uh, a high revving engine underneath a guy who has had a 250 championship under his belt in the past, a guy like Dean Wilson, could kind of uh, quietly come into this series and and, uh, and get some consistent 6-7 place results and then maybe bending up towards the end of the season because we, we've seen him have, uh, like, be, like maybe the, uh, he's, he's kind of reminiscent of your old athletes from uh, the, like, the of yesteryear in, in regular stick and ball sports. They called it training camp because that's where they would train and they would, they would play themselves into shape. I feel like throughout the summer, Dean Wilson, if he stays healthy, can play himself into shape and uh, could be a guy threatening for podiums by the end of the year alongside his teammate um, Jason Anderson, who obviously has uh, one of the best trainers in the world in his uh, in his corner. So uh, I think those 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 guys will definitely start to separate themselves from the rest of the field. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely correct with that. So uh, th- that being said, uh, is there anyone like say like uh, like of the kind of like your second tier guys, and like I don't want to like kind of qualify these guys, but not everyone gets to win. Um, uh, like as far as like, like J- Josh Grant, Weston Pike, um, Cole Seeley, like who who do you feel is like the the the, the lead of that next group um, is it Christian Craig is it uh, is it Justin Bogle who do you feel has uh, the most kind of like that uh, most likely to be in that six seven range well I would say if Cole Seeley comes in healthy um, we all know he exited the Supercross season with an injury um, if he's ready for Hangtown I think he's that that guy um, Weston Pike has been off the bike for an awfully long time so that's that's going to be kind of hard for me to, to say he's that next, you know, six, seven guy. I see him coming out of Hangtown with a, you know, probably nine, 10, maybe eight to 12 right in that spot. But he's going to build on that. He's going to have some good rounds. Uh, I mean, like he finished eighth last year and he didn't even race the entire series. So he's familiar with the Suzuki. He likes the bike. I think the bike fits him better than the Yamaha did. Um, the downside of that is it is not as fast as his Yamahas were, but um, fastest bike doesn't always win. No, it absolutely does not. And uh, uh, bef- before we uh, we jump onto the uh, on the to the two fifty side of things, we have to do a quick announcement and uh, an exciting uh, little tidbit about uh, uh, w- with your work uh, with uh, a couple of different companies and uh, the podcast getting together to uh, to reward two individuals with a pair of tickets uh, for uh, this weekend's race in Hangtown. That's an exciting thing, and we'll have some some trivia uh, embedded into uh, the commercial break of uh, of this podcast. Tell us a little bit about how that came together. Well, um, being a series sponsor of the Outdoor Nationals with um, two of our companies, Pivot Works, Bearings and Seals, and Vertex Pistons, uh, we get a handful of tickets to give away for each round or to use for you know, employees, employees, families, things like that. Um, clearly, being in the Midwest, nobody's going to make the hike to 
California to watch a race. Um, so we had some extras to give away, and I thought, who's better person to do it with than you? Hey, I, I like the sounds of that, my friend. I hope that we can uh, get a couple of uh, awesome motocross, big MX radio fans to uh, to go take in that race who don't already have tickets. And uh, yeah, put that put that uh, shout out on social media today to uh, to get get some activity. And uh, we'll be sending some people over to uh, vertexpistons.com as well as pivotworks.com to uh, to find a couple of uh, of Easter eggs for uh, to get the, the trivia questions done. And uh, the first two people that email me, Brad Gebhardt, 88 at uh, gmail.com. We'll be able to, uh, to to collect their tickets. We'll, we'll you will like, uh, I guess we're going to overnight ship them out, huh? Yep, I'll just ship them out uh, either UPS next day or ship them out uh, Priority Mail Express, whatever I need to get them there by the weekend. Perfect, man. Well, awesome. Um, I think that uh, as far as the, uh, the the 450 championship is concerned, uh, we've definitely uh, kind of covered uh, the major players and uh, and, and w- where everyone's going to uh, kind of um, sort themselves out. Um, as far as uh, like like your prediction for a championship, uh, give give me your like if you if you're a betting man, you're going to Vegas today. Who's your top five come uh, uh, Iron Man at the end of the year? For four fifty. Um, for four fifty? Yes, sir. Um, I'm still going Tomac. Uh, Jason Anderson, Blake Baggett, Marvin Muskan, and Brock Tickle. Boom. There's there there that that's a prediction you can take to the bank. Uh, hopefully, some of the, our, our fans uh, are, have been playing some uh, fantasy moto. Use some of your picks and suggestions to heart when they're uh, picking their teams, as well as uh, yeah, I think maybe we'll even uh, before the the week is out, maybe we'll even uh, make a, a a group within uh, uh, motocross fantasy or uh, or. or um, Let's see, the Moto Dynasty. So uh, we'll, we'll look into that a little bit uh, further down the week. Sure. But uh, um, uh, let's, let's hit the commercial break right now. We'll be right back at the Big MX Show here with uh, Matt Weller. And uh, this particular podcast is brought to you by both Pivotworks and uh, Vertex Pistons. We'll be right back after these messages. FlyRacing.com is the home of quality and innovation. The design team at Fly tirelessly rebuild and retool premium lines like the Evolution 2.0 and Light Hydrogen with features like Zipper Lock to prevent closure failures and EVO's BOA technology, which ensures the perfect fit. Complete your protective gear combo head-to-toe with Fly Racing F2 Carbon MIPS Retrospect and Fly's entry into the premium boot segment with their sector. All products and colorways are available at FlyRacing.com. Justified Cultures is the kind of apparel from the moment you put it on makes you feel like it was made just for you. Quality, comfortable apparel designed for and inspired by the live what you love lifestyle. Woven throughout the moto, desert, skate, and surf culture of Justified is the desire to celebrate human achievement, to inspire and create a modern lifestyle brand reflecting today's generation. Zach Common, Matty Jesse, Phoenix Racing Co., Dominique Daffe, Cody Matichuk, and John Short are just a few athletes who don Justified Cultures clothing. Passion needed a clothing line to speak to the way that it lived each day. So, we created Justified Cultures. Navigate JustifiedCultures.com to easily view over 40 individual styles to help you make a statement every time you step outside. As presenting sponsor to Big MX Radio, lock in promo code BIGMX17 when checking out at JustifiedCultures.com to receive 30% off your Justified Cultures clothing. 
Express your lifestyle with Justified Culture. Live what you love. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran. Oats and bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. Hey, this is Alex Ray. I don't know why you're listening to Brad's podcast, but I'll be back on soon. Hey, this is Zach Cummins. All you hosers, quit listening to Nickelback and jump on over to the Big MX Radio Show. Hey, guys, this is Kate Clayson, and not only do I blow Alex Ray's doors off on the track, but I do it at K1 Speed, too. Hey, Big MX fans, Brad Gabbard, your host here, and we've got a great opportunity tonight to hook you guys up with some special prizes. If you are able to go to the Hangtown National this weekend and don't yet have tickets, we've got a pair of tickets for you. If you can answer these trivia questions and email me, bradgebhart88 at gmail.com. That's my personal email address. Two questions are, How much do you have to spend to get free shipping with Vertex Pistons? You can go on their website and find that out out immediately. And also, if you go to PivotWorks.com, I need you to tell me at what year their company started uh, doing what they do, bearing kits and stuff like that. So that's how much do you have to spend at VertexPistons.com and what year did PivotWorks start doing what they do? First two emails to Brad Gebhart, 88 at gmail.com, are going to win the tickets. You have to be able to attend the event. Please email me, bradgebhart88 at gmail.com. Hope you guys win. Hey, everyone. Let's take a break and listen to some commercials quickly. Then we'll be right back to the podcast. Thanks for listening. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now, and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples, and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys we're building wheels for. Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, they are not told whose wheels are whose. They just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to WBYAUSA.com today. WUSA, all things wheels. Hey, Big MX fans. Thanks for listening to this podcast and hope you're enjoying it. I want you guys to head on over to TractionMX.com. TractionMX 
is the place to get your seat covers for any bike that you have, whether it be a Husqvarna, Kawasaki, Suzuki, Yamaha, KTM, you name it, these guys have a great seat cover for you. They're durable, they're flashy, they're eye-catching, and they're one of a kind. The reason why they're one of a kind is because you design your own. You pick the fabrics, you pick the ribs, you pick the everything all the way down to the stitching uh, color that they use on the seat cover itself. Traction MX is your one-stop shop to set your bike apart from the herd 110%. These seat covers start at just $69.95 American, and uh, the average turnaround is a one to two weeks. One to two weeks from now, you could have a bike that's looking completely different than it does right now. So head on over to TractionMX.com, start shopping, start designing, and make something special like for you today. Going viral with Viral Brand. Viral Brand is setting its sights on being one of the leading brands in the extreme sports market. From supercross to snowcross and snowboarding, and everything in between. Viral Brand is working hard to not only bring you premium products, quality eyewear, and killer style, but award-winning support with every sport. Head on over to theviralbrand.com and get tinted lenses, clear lenses, 10-pack of tear-offs, and goggle bag for only $59.99. Viral Brand products are available in the U.S., Canada, and Australia and used exclusively by the Barn Pros Racing MX Home Depot Yamaha team for the 2017 season. Go viral with the viral brand. Hey guys, Bill's Pipes is back, and that means the return of legendary performance. Two strokes, check. Four strokes, check. Since 1974, they've been tuning power at its finest for motocross racers, off-road racers, you name it. For you two-stroke lovers, the MX2 Bill's Pipe exhaust system is flat out the right choice to make. Nickel, works, and the brand new cone look is the right system for the job. When it comes to four strokes, Bill's Pipes brings the RE13 to decimate the field anywhere Anytime. So if you want the same pipe used by Billy Lininovich, Sean Collier, Vicky Golden, and the entire Barn Pros Home Depot Yamaha team, head over to BillsPipes.com today and never settle. And we're back. Big MX Radio Podcast. You've already heard the uh, the trivia questions. So head on over to VertexPistons.com and pivotworks.com and uh, you can easily find the answers to those two questions and uh, hopefully uh, you'll you'll continue to listen to the rest of this podcast rather than uh, just, just escaping it right now but because uh, we're going to break down the 250s and it's a much more exciting uh, uh, kind of topic or the a title to kind of talk about there's a tons of there's tons of guys that win can win races but of course not a ton of guys will win races there are always a couple of guys that uh can rise to the top and uh, and get the majority of them and we're going to break that right now and uh, we of course we got matt weller on the phone who is an absolute uh moto nerd he he breaks this stuff down at home even if he was even if i wasn't calling him up he'd be doing his homework so matt uh what's your thoughts on the 250 class much more exciting uh, class to talk about given the fact that uh, we've just got a lot of fast guys up there and a lot of inconsistency, which makes for a good championship. Oh, definitely, definitely. There's a lot of possibilities um, this year in the 250 class. 
Um, I think it's gonna it's gonna come down to Crawfordsville, much like the the Supercross race did in Vegas. Um, you've got a couple powerhouse teams. I feel coming into it, you've got PC with like five possibilities. I think four possibilities. Um, you've got the TLD team. They've got a couple hot shots, and then you've always got uh, Jeremy Martin right there on the Geico Honda. So. You've got a plethora of guys that could win this championship. Absolute. No, there's, there's, and like, as if one of these guys gets hot, could be curtains or uh, like, there's, there's always uh, like in the, seems like in the 125 slash 250 class, there's always been uh, some, some really, I wouldn't say random, but there's, there's been a lot of uh, just big changes within the point series. They, they, we haven't seen a ton of dominance uh, over the years. Obviously, when you had uh, your Ricky Carmichael's and James Stewart's of the world, those, those championships were boring, but uh, always a lot of uh, um, uh, some, some pretty heated battles in there um given the fact that we've got uh we've like we had two championships that basically uh, one championship that basically came right down to the wire one that was uh uh if if not for a uh uh like it was a walk away but only because of a uh a mechanical malfunction with the motorcycle uh in in shane McElrath. um who is your favorite walking in? Uh, obviously, there's yeah two guys that got championships in Zach Osborne and uh, and Justin Hill. Who's uh, for Supercross? Who's your favorite? Um, I'm going with Jeremy Martin as the champion coming in this year. Really, two-time okay. defending champion, or I shouldn't say defending, but two-time champion in the class. Uh, here he's going really fast. He's my pick. He is your pick, the number six machine on the Geico. I think that would put a big smile on Mike Larocco's face. Um, but uh, it's, it seems like he, he's, he's battled that bike a little bit. And uh, even though he posted super fast times in the in the Supercrosses that he was able to go to, uh, and um, I, there's there's no reason to believe that he won't be able to uh, con- uh, to, to uh, get that same speed. Do you think that leaving that uh, that high-powered Yamaha uh, hurts him at all? Not that the Honda is uh, is a slug by any means, but uh, we saw how dominant those Yamahas can be. Um, do you think that hurts him at all? And do you, if if say he has a bad hangtown and a couple of the Yamahas might uh, land in front of him on the, in the results, does that play in his brain a lot at, at all? No. Well. It's it's always a possibility. Um, I don't I don't see there being any Yamahas in front of him at Hangtown. I'll put it that way. Um, if he if he finishes within the top four, I don't see a Yamaha being in front of him even at that. Um, my my top five coming in for this class, I've got Jeremy Martin, Austin Forkner, Alex Martin, Adam Cerullo, and Zach Osborne. That's my top five. Throws Adam Cien Cerullo in there. A uh, guy comes off uh, a, a Vegas win. Couple of uh, uh, one one Daytona this year as well. What what about Adam makes you feel like he's going to have the consistency and the speed to be a top five guy all summer long in the two fifties? Well, he finished eighth in the series last year. Um, I believe it was his first full season of motocross possibly, um, in quite a while or ever possibly. Um, he did an entire supercross season this year, no injuries, healthy. Um, 
rattled off a couple wins this year. Um, I think confidence is in his corner, and we know he can go fast. Absolutely. I've always said that a confident and a happy Adam Cianciarulo is a fast Adam Cianciarulo. Uh, what about his teammates? Joey Savacci led the, the points for a, a good number of uh, a time last year. Um, Justin Hill, we haven't seen a ton from him in the outdoors, but we know that he's crazy fast and that uh, he is possibly the most, other than uh, Zach Osborne, the most mature um, 250 guys, uh, 250 guy out there as far as age, age and just uh, like the time he's spent in the 250 classes, that and the other thing. He'll have that in his corner. And then you've got the, uh, the, the sophomore performance from a kid like Austin Forkner. How do you, just like within the battle that is the PC team, um, what do you make of those four guys? Well, I mean, there's there's so many possibilities right there. You've got four four guys that could easily take a win or the championship at that matter. Um, Justin Hill, haven't seen a lot of him in the outdoors, so I just, I couldn't, I couldn't put him up there. Um, Austin Forkner, finished fourth last year in the series in his freshman year. Um, that's why I've got him in the number two spot. Um, he, I wouldn't consider him a veteran of the sport, so I just I can't see him taking the championship. Anything's possible. I mean, any injuries, you know, there's a number of things that could to change all of that. Um, Savachi just I've seen too many mistakes. Uh, I mean, I think he would have had the championship last year had it not been for mistakes. So I, I just I couldn't even put him in my top five because there's just so many other guys right now that I think are better or mistake-free. Absolutely. Hey, I agree. And I think uh, um, there's a couple of guys that um... – like maybe if, if uh, guys like Joey might not have taken a step forward, but other riders did. Guys like Shane McElrath, who have steadily gotten better, could easily take a, that next step forward. We know that those uh, those KTM's fly outdoors, and uh, and and Alex Martin, who uh, who won some races and had a points lead at, at one point last year, uh, will be fast. Um, do you think that this is a uh, uh, kind of a, a fall from grace year for Alex Martin? Um, and and, and and uh, as far as the, the TLD KTM guys shake down, they're going to have a five-rider team, including Sean Cantrell, um, who I believe joins, if not uh, Hangtown, then uh, Glenn Helen for sure. Um, like, like the dynamic within that team, you've got some guys who they, they, they could sweep a podium all by themselves if, uh, if, if Mitchell Oldenburg has himself a great uh, weekend as well. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um... I was really hard-pressed not to put Alex Martin number two in my lineup. Um, it's not that he's not a good rider. He's definitely going to win races. He's going to be on the podium consistently. I I just I felt that it was right to put him in third. Um, I mean, his brother Jeremy's clearly the better outdoor rider. Um, you know, a couple of DNFs, I think, last year is what held him back and maybe an injury you know, really, really is what hurt his performance last year. Um, you have McElrath, you know, who wouldn't have been for his injury last year. He was, you know, he was coming around at the end of the season. Uh, we obviously seen he had some speed in Supercross this year. Um, I mean, he knows how to go fast. And, you know, Mitchell Oldenburg, definitely a guy that could be a dark horse. I mean, he could, he could get up in there and, you know, put in a title fight if everything is aligned right. 
Yeah, no, it's uh, um, like a ton of these guys go fast. That's the biggest problem with trying to to do any type of predictions with these guys is that they're all fast and a lot of them are inconsistent. Um, like a, a guy like Dylan Ferrandis, we don't really know what to expect from him because we don't know. We haven't seen. We haven't even seen him in this in this series. We don't know where his fitness is at. We do know that he's 22 years old, and uh, um, it, it's he, he's. He'll have a little bit of man strength on his side. Uh, he he'll he knows how to race a, a championship. Um, do you feel like the the lack of time on these tracks is it's going to be kind of an unravel for uh, for Dylan Ferrandis? Because um, I think we talked to uh, uh, what's his name. Uh, Jimmy Jimmy Dakota's last year he 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 had mentioned that uh, he was putting his fastest lap down on Millville's track four minutes after uh, showing up there. That's not something that Dylan Fernandez is going to be used to. No, no, not at all. Um, Jimmy D clearly raced a lot of the American tracks. Maybe not all of them. He's no stranger to the dirt. Um, yeah, I. I, I haven't got to watch Ferrandis ride a lot. Um, I mean, he's clearly shocked a lot of us in Supercross, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what to what to think about him at this point. I think that uh, you're going to see some aggressive riding from Dylan. I think you're going to see some good starts because I know he's that he's a good starter. He showed that uh, in the uh, as as he did in the uh, overseas, and um, I think that uh, he might just play play spoil a little a little bit, but uh, just outside the top five as far as the overall uh, for the year, um, most consistent for the year, and just showed speed all all year long in Supercross, and ended up with a, his first championship was uh, was none other than Zach Osborne. He is my pick for uh, for the championship this year. Uh, if he if if uh, for for Zach Osborne to not win this championship, what needs to happen? Uh, probably going to be DNF, but you know, how many did we see him have last year? Four, Lots. five. Yeah, um, too many. For his sake, I hope it doesn't happen again. Um, that was a well-deserved 250 Supercross championship for him this year. Um, you know, I haven't seen a lot of him in the outdoors, so um, I I'm not even for sure how, if he's ever overall an outdoor. Um, and I don't One know time. how many podiums last year overall once. So, yeah, that's no, that's not really fair to him. With me putting Faulkner second in the championship and um, Osborne fifth, I just I like what I see out of the young kid Faulkner. So, um, again, anything can happen. So, for for uh, from an analyst's point of view, your uh, your opinion on 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 Austin Forkner is based on that eye test. Is it's on that uh, that like hold the throttle wide open and uh, basically just just like take that speed from 2016 and turn up the heat a little bit. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I went to Crawfordsville last year and watched him, and holy cow, was that guy fast! So, if uh, if he can match J-Mart's outdoor ability, there's no reason why he can't finish, you know, first or second in the championship. Um, I just I think inconsistency is going to play into his part, um, and that's why I slated him second. 
you know, all all injuries aside, I I'm confident in game like ability. Fair enough. Well, you, you're you're clearly uh, like uh, uh, sway in the army, my friend. The guy's got speed. He's got two championships, and uh, he also has a home track, so that definitely helps. Um, like uh, having a track in, in your backyard. Um, is there any particular track that, uh, as far as like Jeremy Martin is concerned, that you feel it does not play into his strengths, uh, whether it be? Uh, um, uh, a, the slippery uh, track like Unadilla, or maybe, or not, maybe not Unadilla, but uh, Washougal, or uh, um, like we've uh, the, the the Honda, not necessarily known for being uh, a, a total powerhouse. When they go to Colorado, that might not be his uh, his um, most shining moment of the year. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say he's gonna struggle with uh, Colorado with just horsepower. Um, if there's any mud races. You know, I would say a mud race in Colorado. That's going to be his his weak point. Fair enough. I, I, I think you're totally right. I think uh, um, that that is the spot where uh, the, the the JGR Suzuki's will probably have their hardest time as well. Um, as just just it, it's it's totally different. I think the, a lot of teams, they, they like as much as they prepare for it, they also just try and get through it. It's, it's the reality of that particular race, uh, minimize the damage, move on to, uh, to high point. Um, speak, speaking of, uh, the different tracks, uh, how, how do you watch the series? Like, do you, are you uh, an average live watcher? You, you sit down on a Saturday and, and watch these races or are you, you PBRing them to watch in your leisure or, uh, are you getting the, uh, the NBC Gold Sports app, uh, Sports Gold app, to uh, to watch on demand anytime, anywhere, uh, even if you're trackside, uh, most likely uh, head to toe in some fly racing gear. Well, this year is probably going to be the first year that uh, I'm going to struggle to watch all of them live. Um, just life is busy right now. I'll probably end up watching them on Sunday morning as they're really on. I will definitely be following them on Twitter. I'll be keeping up with all the, the live updates on Twitter for sure. But uh, live, uh, probably I'll be lucky if I catch two rounds live. Fair enough. Well, I, I've um, of the mind that uh, motocross is a very participant-based sport. There aren't too many people who are avid uh, watchers of the nationals who aren't racers. They're uh, like the they're, they're a little bit different from the Supercross crowd. Uh, although there's there's definitely some overlapping going on there. Um, but uh, honestly, for me, I, like I race on Saturdays and Sundays, or if I'm if I if Saturdays the, the the when the races are typically if I'm not working. I'm usually riding my motorcycle because that's what needs to be happening on a beautiful Saturday afternoon, as far as uh, as, as far as I'm concerned. So uh, I'm really excited about the uh, the new app that you can watch anytime, anywhere, and uh, you can re rewatch whenever you want. That that to me is really cool because for me. Um, Watching them the next day on YouTube or or something like that is just uh, it's too hit or miss, and I I, I like to be able to, to to control things a little bit more that way. So I'm excited about that. Um, getting back to the 250s a little bit, um, a couple of guys that uh, we're, we're not we haven't really spoken about a lot is uh, Jordan Smith, who uh, rocks that uh, Troy Lee Designs KTM. He had a points lead for a very short period of time in the 250 Supercross class. He seemed to make a step forward and 
be pretty consistent all things together uh, in the in the 250 East class. Um, is is there anything that leads you to believe that uh, Jordan Smith is going to do anything other than uh, just have a great so- sophomore year uh, in the 250 class? Be that five to five to ten guy and. Uh, Basically, just uh, like Aaron Plessinger did last year, just uh, have some consistent ride, have have some good rides, but not quite enough to make a lot of waves. Uh, I think you're exactly right. I think this will be his building year, and next year will probably be his year to come out and shine. Fair enough. I, I, I think that uh, he's one of those guys that definitely uh, knows how to twist the throttle. Uh, he's, he's shown that in the past, uh, In whether you're uh, an avid watcher of all those uh, uh, Moto the Movie uh, videos with some of the edits that he's done, or just to watch him do his thing on, on race day. It's an amazing thing to just see that kid crack the throttle wide open and leave it there. Um, that And that can obviously come to bite these guys, especially in, with inexperience and super rough tracks. Um Fitness-wise, who do you feel is the fittest rider within the 250 class? Oh, I, Justin Hill would be my, my pick for that. Um, I Actually, I take that back. Zach Osborne, just because he's with Alvin, I would say he's probably got the strictest training regimen, and he's probably the most fit. Um, and then I'll take Justin Hill. And then probably go with um, Jeremy Martin and Adam Cianciarello. AC's definitely got some uh, some fitness to him. I think that's an underrated part of uh, Adam's game. He he works. He worked with the Alden Baker program. He knows the ins and outs of that, and uh, he also knows uh, like how hard and how diligent uh, that. Ken Roxon was training prior to his injury. And I think that the only thing that kind of holds back Adam right now is uh, uh, lack of extremely fast guys to, to work with and, and, and be training with. But obviously, if he's riding with the team, uh, he's got some potent uh, riders with, within that group. Um, I definitely think uh, multiple wins for Adam throughout the 2017 Outdoor Series. Um, whether that, uh, that turns into, uh, um, like, so more consistent rides is yet to be seen, but uh, I think definitely uh, one or two wins for Adam as far as an overall for 2017. And I think if, if he exited the series within the top five overall and uh, when with a couple of wins, much like Supercross, uh, that's got to be uh, a step in the right direction. Definitely, definitely. He's coming off of a couple race wins. He's got some confidence. Uh, we saw what he did in Daytona, and I definitely think he's going to be strong in the outdoors this year. Uh, Aaron Plessinger, the, 20, the 23 machine, uh, he's big, he's tall, he's great in the mud. Um, barring, uh, like, if there's no inclement weather, if we don't have a mud race, and of course he was looking forward to one all Supercross season, never really got one, um, other than maybe a couple of soft races earlier in the year. But, uh, like, what are your thoughts on Aaron Plessinger moving forward? Last year ended up fifth in the points. Uh, he had one moto win and uh, got second overall twice during that series. I, 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 I see a regression for uh, Aaron Plessinger. I think that uh, some frustration from Supercross moves forward and it carries you know, that uh, the stink from Supercross uh, um, kind of is, stays foul throughout the, uh, the, the summer months. And uh, you I, I predict Aaron Plessinger outside the top five. Uh, yeah, I think you, you hit the nail right on the head with that one. Um, you know, if it stays dry all year and there's no butters, um, it's going to be tough for him to break the top five. 
Yeah, Coming into Crawfordsville, yeah. I, I, I'm stamping him for the win for Crawfordsville right now. Really, huh? Like, I think, yeah. uh, like, he's definitely got the lineage to do well there, and uh, we've seen it in the past. Uh, is there anything that leads you to believe that, uh, that he might turn things around from, from Supercross? Cause, uh, honestly, from my, from, uh, my thousand foot view of, uh, of his season, um, the frustration has just been mounting, 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 and, uh, it didn't even, uh, like really end all that well. Obviously, a third place finish at Supercross, the last Supercross of the year was nice, but a quiet one at that, and then, and uh, at Salt Lake, he ends up throwing it away, which is only about a month ago. It was a pretty heavy crash. We don't even know if he might be uh, uh, dealing with some some residual soreness from that. Yeah, I'd, I'd actually forgot about his, his injury, so I didn't even take that into account. But uh, it's really it's really tough. It is a it's a mental game. Um, Clearly, he did struggle a little bit in Supercross this year. Uh, he did seem to be turning it around in the latter part, but, I mean, it was just too little too late. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, um, everyone was looking for him to uh, to win a championship, uh, and it was basically used, I always like, we don't like to use the crown word uh, within the media, but uh, <laughs> people were kind of saying, like, this this 2015 Rookie of the Year uh, could easily be um, this like a a really like a a title threat, and it almost should like just kind of the heir apparent to it. But um, maybe maybe that pressure kind of got to him a little bit. Maybe flying under the radar coming into the outdoor series might be the best thing for him. Yeah, it's a great possibility. Um, I'm actually looking forward to him making the jump up to the 450. I think he'll be a much better 450 rider. Uh, he's a tall kid. He's a big kid. He's smooth. Uh, I just think. Yeah, I think the 450 is just going to suit him better. Fair enough. Where, uh, like, just total bench racing question: Where do you see uh, a guy like Aaron Plessinger going on a 450? I th- I, uh, as as far as I know, there's an open spot at uh, at that the at the Orange team uh, uh, as of today. <laughs> uh, I think there's far too many guys that are quote unquote better than him or in another league from him that'll get that ride. Um, I could definitely see. Um, Blake Baggett getting that ride, uh, especially if he has a, a great outdoor season. I could see him getting a call from Roger. Yeah, almost like uh, called up from the farm system, no longer a uh, uh, Rocky Mountain ATV MC, uh, uh, the like, uh, yeah, KTM rider. Uh, move on up to the uh, the Red Bull team, and uh, yeah, just basically continue business as usual. Uh, different graphics on the bike, but still the number four. And uh, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think, and honestly, I'm, I'm like we didn't. I guess we didn't talk about Blake too much in the 450 side, but I'm looking for a good year, uh, year from him. I think. Uh, um, I, possibility if 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 he can steal a a couple of races from Eli Tomac he might even be able to get himself a couple of wins uh I think so I think he's definitely a podium contender week in and week out um and he's got his strengths he's got his tracks where he's just lightning fast on um I think clearly trains in Florida I'm sure his track Sandy um, I, I could see him doing good at Red Bud. I could see him doing good at Southwick. Hey, I, I, I totally agree. Uh, so for 250 uh, podium, uh, give me your 250 podium for Hangtown specifically. 
Hangtown specifically, and you're putting me on the spot here. Um, Jeremy Martin, Zach Osborne, Austin Fortner. Fair enough. Well, you, you, you're, you're bull. You make bold predictions, my friend, and I absolutely love it. Uh, Matt Weller, um, first of all, before I let you go, uh, g- give us a, a little bit more of an insight as to uh, what your position is over at uh, the uh, – basically, it's, a, it's a, uh, a, a couple of different uh, companies over with, uh, with Vertex and, and Pivotworks and All Balls and uh, as well as uh, a couple others. Well, um, CME Holdings is the, the company – um, it's actually owned by Arrowhead um, Engineered Products. Uh, within our our building, we have Vertex Pistons, we have Pivot Works, we have Hot Rods, Cranks, Hot Cams, Cylinder Works, and then we have our Wrench Rabbit Company, which is kind of a, a combination of several of the companies. Um, and then we have a few other spinoffs. Um, I... My my position in the building, I'm in inventory control. Um, I do basically just that. I monitor the inventory. Um, and then I also do some of the production-based things with the warehouse um, as far as telling the, the warehouse what, uh, what parts to produce, what parts to put on the shelf so we've got uh, proper inventory to sell. Killer, man. Well, uh, I, I'm glad to hear that you've got a promotion to that and uh, a, diff- a different challenge for you. And I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to uh, present some uh, a giveaway with uh, two pairs of tickets. And uh, and ho- hopefully by the time this podcast is out in, a, in an hour or two's time, we'll we'll have our uh, we'll have a, a winner uh, almost immediately. And tomorrow we'll be able to announce uh, the winner of that. Uh, Matt, I really hope that uh, you've enjoyed this podcast. I hope that all listeners have uh, enjoyed your analysis of the series, uh, and I hope that uh, after Saturday we have a clearer picture of how things are going to shake out. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast to give me some time, and uh, uh, I hope me. nothing but misfortune for your Green Bay Packers. Uh, all the best, my friend. Don't hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we'll cut it off right there.